Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is May 31st. Big Ben is the nickname given to the great bell of the clock at the north end of the Palace of Westminster in London. It's often extended to refer to the great clock and the clock tower, which was officially renamed Elizabeth Tower to celebrate the Diamond Jubilee of Elizabeth II in 2012. When the original Palace of Westminster was destroyed by a fire in 1834, architects were invited to submit designs for a new palace and a commission was set up to select the best. Sir Charles Barry's design was successful, however it did not feature a clock tower. Barry turned to Augustus Puggin for the design of the tower and was added to the plan in 1836. The parliament was built in neo-gothic style and the foundation stone for the Elizabeth Tower was laid on the 28th of September 1843. Due to construction work falling five years behind the schedule, the tower was completed in 1859. As Charles Barry wasn't a specialist clockmaker, they held a competition in 1846 to find a suitable design for the clock's tower, or the tower's clock. Edward John Dent was appointed to build the clock following the design of clockmaker Edmund Beckett Dennison. When Dent died, his stepson Frederick completed the clock in 1854. It was installed in Elizabeth Tower in April of 1859. The main bell, officially the Great Bell, is known as Big Ben. The largest bell in the tower and part of the Great Clock. The origin of the name Big Ben is not clear, but it may have been named after Sir Benjamin Hall who oversaw the installation of the Great Bell. After the first bell suffered a 1.2 meter crack, Warners of Norton were asked to recast the bell two and a half tons lighter. This new bell was winched up into the belfry in October of 1858 and Big Ben first rang out on July 11, 1859. A short time later, in September of 1859, the bell broke again and was fixed and reinstalled in 1863, costing 22,000 pounds. Apart from occasional halts, it has struck ever since and in 2009, Big Ben celebrated its 150th anniversary. The tower and the bell can be visited by UK residents. The tours are free of charge but must be sponsored by a member of parliament or a member of the house. And in 19 And in 1977 the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System designed and constructed to carry billions of barrels of North Slope oil to the Port of Valdez was recognized as a landmark of engineering. The first barrel of oil from the North Slope's Prudhoe Bay oil field would arrive at the Port of Valdez at July 28, 1977 after a 38-day, 800-mile-long journey. With the laying of the first section of pipe on March 27, 1975, construction began on what the, at the time was the largest private construction project in American history. A tie-breaking, deciding vote in the U.S. Senate by Vice President Spiro Agnew had passed the Trans-Alaska Pipeline Authorization Act on July 17, 1973. Years of debate about the project's environmental impact escalated. Concerns were raised about earthquakes and elk migrations. The 800-mile Trans-Alaska Pipeline system, including pumping stations connecting pipelines in the ice-free Valdez Marine Terminal, ended up costing billions. The last pipeline weld was completed on May 31st of 1977. 
In June of 1977, oil from North Slope's Prudhoe Bay field began flowing toward the port of Valdez at 4 miles an hour through a 48-inch wide pipe. It arrived at the port eight days later. The completed pipeline system, at a cost of $8 billion, including terminal and pump stations, will transport about 20% of the U.S. petroleum production. Tax revenues alone earned Alaskans about $50 billion by 2002. Special engineering was required to protect the environment in difficult construction conditions. According to Alaska's Pipeline Service Company, details about the pipeline's history include oil was first discovered in Prudhoe Bay on the North Slope in 1968. Alaska Pipeline Service Company was established in 1970 to design, construct, operate, and maintain the pipeline. The state of Alaska entered into a right-of-way agreement on May 3, 1974, and the lease was renewed again in November of 2002. The thickness of the pipeline wall is 0.462 inches for 466 miles and 0.562 inches for 334 miles. The Trans-Alaska Pipeline System crosses the ranges of the Central Arctic Herd on the North Slope and the Nelchina Herd in the Copper River Basin. The Valdez Terminal covers 1,000 acres and has facilities for crude oil metering, storage, transfer, and loading. The pipeline project involved some 70,000 workers from 1969 through 1977. The first pipe of the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System was laid on March 27, 1975, and the final weld was completed on May 31, 1977. The pipeline is often referred to as TAPS, an acronym for the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System. More than 170 bird species have been identified along the pipeline. The first oil moved through the pipeline on June 20, 1977. There are 71 gate valves that can block oil flow in either direction on the pipeline. The first tanker to carry crude oil from Valdez was Arco Juno on August 1st of 1977. And the maximum daily throughput was 2,145,297 on January 14th of 1988. The pipeline is inspected and regulated by the State Pipeline Coordinator's Office. More than 28,000 people worked directly on the pipeline at the peak of its construction in the fall of 1975. 31 construction camps built on gravel to insulate and help prevent pollution to the underlying permafrost are built along the route. Above ground sections of the pipeline, 420 miles, are built in a zigzag configuration to allow for expansion and contraction of the pipe because of temperature changes. Anchor structures are 700 feet to 1,800 feet apart. They hold the pipe in position. In warm permafrost and other areas where heat might cause undesirable thawing, the support contains two each of two-inch pipes called heat pipes. The first tanker carrying North Slope oil from the new pipeline sailed out of Valdez Marine Terminal on August 1, 1977. By 2010, the pipeline will have carried about 16 million billion barrels of oil. According to the Energy Information Administration, Alaska's oil production peaked in 1988 at 738 million barrels, about 25% of U.S. oil production. In 2013, it was nearly 188 million barrels, or about 7% of the total U.S. production. And finally, in, in 1889, the South Fork Dam in Pennsylvania collapsed, causing the Johnstown Flood, killing more than 2,200 people. Johnstown is 60 miles east of Pittsburgh in a valley near the Allegheny, the Little Conemaw, and the Stony Creek Rivers. It is located on a floodplain that had been subject to frequent disasters. A dam was built in 1840 on the Little Conemaw River, 14 miles upstream from Johnstown. 
900 feet by 72 feet, it was the largest earth dam made of dirt and rock rather than steel and concrete in the United States, and it created the largest man-made lake at the time, Lake Connemaw. The dam was part of an extensive canal system that became obsolete as the railroads replaced the canal as a means of transporting, transporting goods. As the canal system fell into disuse, maintenance on the dam was neglected. In 1889, Johnstown was home to 30,000 people, many of whom worked in the steel industry. On May 31st, the residents were unaware of the danger that a steady rain over the course of the previous day had caused. A spillway at the dam became clogged with debris that could not be dislodged. An engineer at the dam saw warning signs of an impending disaster and rode a horse to the villages of South Fork to warn the residents. However, the telegraph lines were down and warning did not reach Johnstown. At 3.10 p.m., the dam collapsed, causing a roar that could be heard for miles. All of the water from Lake Connemaw rushed forward at 40 miles per hour, sweeping away everything in its path. People in the path of the rushing floodwaters were often crushed as their homes and other structures were swept away. 33 chain engines were pulled into the raging waters, creating more hazards. Some people in Johnstown were able to make it to the top floors of a few, few tall buildings in town. However, whirlpools brought down many of these taller buildings. A bridge downstream from the town caught much of the debris and then proceeded to catch fire. Some people who had survived by floating on top of debris were burned to death in the fire. Reportedly, one baby survived on the floor of a house as it floated 75 miles from Johnstown. One of the American Red Cross's first major relief efforts took place in the aftermath of the Johnstown flood. Clara Barton arrived five days later to lead the relief. It took five years to rebuild Johnstown, which again endured deadly floods in 1936 and 1977. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Big Ben at TheCultureTrip.com The Alaska Oil Pipeline at AOGHS.org in the Johnstown Flood in Pennsylvania at History.com. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.